Welcome, everyone, to the Cup of Coffee podcast with me, your host, Sam Dillon. This has been recorded live at our weekly online meeting and broadcast around the world. Today's topic is when life hands you lemons, dot, dot, dot. I say the dot, 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 because otherwise it just looks like we've come up with half a title and forgotten what we were doing, rather than being geniuses and come up with something rather clever. Um, so with the dots, I think it's, uh, uh, it's much nicer. Um, we are joined by, uh, this is with Susanna Cole, um, who uh, is a wonderful speaker, and I'm delighted to, we got back on, um, because she's um, uh, a great speaker, a wonderful person, and, uh, and has a lot to teach about property as well. Um, and with regards to Susanna, Susanna's call started in property because she had a problem to solve. As a head of a household with two small children, a month and money were only just meeting, and sometimes there was a gap. She wanted more time with the family rather than having to swap her time for money at work. She could see property could deliver that, so she set two. She started the Good Property Company in 2011, as a, same year I think the cover started, mm, good year, um, as a kitchen table startup. At first, the goal was to source deals for investors, work on JV flips, joint venture flips, and then invest in property for herself and her family to reach financial freedom and get to a personal goal. Oh, it sounds like heaven, doesn't it? Financial freedom, like there should be a rainbow and things, um, which was not to worry about money. That was her goal. In the first four and a half years of being full-time in property, the Good Property Company sourced more than 200 pro properties, all in Bristol, with a value of £45 million at a purchase price of £30 million before refurbs. She had a fantastic YouTube channel. Um, she even has a fantastic YouTube channel. It's not dead. Uh, so that's, that's Susanna Cole forward slash The Good Property Company uh, and a super helpful website uh, where you can download helpful property checklists and packs and join her online 60-day academies as well as watch your motivating and helpful property webinars on deal sourcing, flipping, and investing. Good morning, Susanna. You, you good, good morning. <laughs> now, that's very unusual that I'm on mute. Normally, normally I'm very open with my lovely hosts and say, uh, I like talking property, so I am very okay if you want to just go, right, Suze, that's enough, kid. Mm. Yeah. So that's the only time you're going to find me mute on property. Well, we, we, we might do that in about 20 minutes' time or half an hour or thereabouts, <laughs> whatever it is. You're going to see Tom go, right, that's yeah, enough, Susie. Yeah. Bog off. <laughs> very nice to be here, and thank you very much. It's, it's lovely. I think it was 18 months ago I... I uh, last came on and mm. we were hoping to meet up in Barcelona, but we'll do it next time. That'll we be very nice. Yeah. Well, today, folks, we're going to be talking about how to get started in property, but I am going to start with a little bit of a shocker. It's something I don't talk about very often. And over the last three years, I've very briefly mentioned it on socials, but you'll understand why shortly. I'm certainly not going to go into the organ grinder uh, organ recital, as one of my neighbours said, you're a little bit too young to be part of the organ recital, but I'm going to present you with a significant life-giving-you-lemons problem, and then I'm going to ask you, is that something you'd be able to deal with at the moment, and if not, then how can we get you to the place that you can deal with it, um, uh, and we're talking time, money, and skills, but in a slightly different way, and then we're going to come on to how you can start, which is deal packaging. Um, I'm, whoops, excuse me. I'm going to give you some links for um, some free checklists. I'm going to give some links to jump in to my webinars later on as well. So you can always screen grab those. So let's fire in and uh, you might want to grab your cup of tea if you don't know the story. Nathan, I think you do because we've known each other a long time and Gilda, you probably do as well. But let's jump in. Let's talk about uh, uh, the kind of slight shock and let's just check in your current situation, could you deal with this? I don't mean this in a competition because it was not a competition. And if not, our job is to try and get you to that point of safety as, as fast as possible. So, life gives you lemons. 
uh, yesterday, three years ago, 11 o'clock, 10 minutes from my house, uh, invited in after a scan where they, uh, uh, no, a colonoscopy, woohoo, uh, where they said, oh, I don't think we're even going to bother checking that. Oh, we might do a biopsy at the last minute. In with my daughter, 11 o'clock, so uh, 22 hours ago, three years ago, you've got cancer. I was not even 50. Uh, very um, clean living, very healthy, you know, did a lot of sport, uh, ate organic food, barely drink. You've got cancer. And um, and I think we're fight, flight or freeze people. It's just how we're built. And I leant so far forward to the uh, surgeon and went, this better not kill me. <laughs> like I was almost horizontal rather than vertical. It was pretty shocking. And what then there were multiple aftershocks. And I'm not going to go into huge amount of detail because today is about you guys. But I want to give you a bit of a shock first. Um, and... Uh, so the way that it progressed was uh, for, for for somebody, Lashem, you're, you're too young, but for, for somebody who uh, knows the Benny Hill, it was like the Benny Hill, where you're skiing downhill like a slalom. You know, the people that do the slalom skiing and you know, when they sometimes go around the slalom and it whips their legs, that's what happened. I just kept skiing down this slalom, almost out of control. And at every turn, I was getting more and more whipped. Four separate unconnected cancers in three years. A dysfunctional, and I'm not here to moan, a dysfunctional core medical team who made mistakes from admin to oncology. And you will find that occasionally within our medical system. And you'll also find amazing people. And I also found amazing people too. Uh, to the point, if I'd stayed with them, I would be dead then. Um, so seven operations, chemotherapy twice, radiotherapy uh, 28 times. So as a complete beginner, and I feel actually a bit trembly saying this to you guys because I don't share this stuff very often at all. <laughs> How do you navigate these challenges to save your own life? Um, because my number one priority when he said you've got cancer is I got to stay alive for me and for my family. Now my children were in their early 20s, but when they're young or in their teens, you want to make sure they don't run out into the road. And I mean this with, with complete love and affection to both my children. When they're in their early 20s, and any parent of somebody in their early 20s can relate, they're adults, so they can make big decisions. But you, as somebody with maybe a little bit more wisdom in life, can see that some of the decisions they're making are amazing. And some of the decisions they're making are kind of, they're running out into the road, but they'll no longer step you, allow you to stop them. So you've got to be there for these grown up adults who are still very young in their ability to make amazing life choices. So initially I thought my job is to build my immune system and be a partner for my medical team. So uh, that's my job, okay? I didn't know I was gonna have four cancers. I only thought I had one. So January the 19th, three years ago, 22 hours ago, I went to the 11 o'clock appointment uh, uh, working full time and I stopped work. And I only really started work two weeks ago. So I stopped work for three years. So number one, could you do that right now and pay for everything? Uh, the second thing I did, and we're not gonna go into huge medical stuff, I connected with my people, my group of people, my friends, my family, who I love and who love me, because I was cartwheeling with panic and 
as things got progressively worse with that core medical team, I'd been a management consultant years ago. I could see the signs. So I was discovering mistake after mistake after mistake that were very life-threatening. So that doesn't feel amazing to uh, know that these guys at stage three, because they'd misdiagnosed me two years earlier, are in charge of saving your life and yet they're making every mistake in the book. So you know nothing about this stuff. I need to take ownership, I need to get educated, and I need to find the best medical team. Um, being a little bit of a kind of Scottish person, so I believe in paying tax, I believe in funding our medical system, so I'd never worked outside of, I'd never gone private, I had no idea about all this stuff. It was completely new to me. So I didn't just have the problem of how do I kind of stop work and, oop, hang on, how do I stop work and boost my immune system? which was my uh, job. I thought my job is to be a partner and all I need to do is boost your immune system. It became very clear very quickly that I had a really serious job with the primary care team um, because of their dysfunctional impact, which is life-threatening. And, and they will be killing people at the moment. Also, they will not be allowing people to survive at the moment. So my bigger problem was I have no skills in this. I know nothing. Um, and uh, I need to move from a team that cannot deliver effectively, because this isn't about buying property, this is about saving your life, to a team that can deliver effectively, having no knowledge about that. And then I needed the time, if anyone's been a patient, it's almost full time um, because of just how it is. And I also need the money because unfortunately the skills that I was gifted by our state in one department were so poor they were life-threatening. So I now need to make sure I've got the money and the time to find the skills in order to save my own life. So without freaking you out, can you do that right now? And if you can't, you've got to, in my opinion, get into property to just be in that position because this was the outcome. I didn't work for three years, like, hardly at all. I mean, Tom, you know, I was doing enjoyable t small webinars just for keeping in with the community. And you and I were chatting and Tom knew a bit about this background story. Uh, but my entire job was to rest and digest, relax, connect, do everything to boost my immune system. That was my job. I spent over 150 grand on mainstream. So I wasn't all, it wasn't woo woo, although I did do a whole lot, a load of additional th things. Uh, and I read over a thousand medical papers and 120 books. And you can imagine the kind of research I needed to do when the team I was given wasn't functioning. And it saved my life. So so basically, I subsidised the NHS. Should we just put it politely? So my first question to you guys is, do you have the ability to put over 150 grand to your life-saving care? If you ever find yourself in a place where the, the, that a, you're in a department that's dysfunctional, and do you have the ability to not work for three years or five years while you get back to full health? And if you don't, I won't be in property. So my nurse said to me, I said, what happens if it's stage four? Because it takes three and a half weeks between scan and getting the results back. Imagine the psychological uh, torture. 
and then they're like oh yeah and and you know there's another one and, and then we found something in your liver then we found something in your lung now luckily for me nothing spread but uh, oh yeah and it's going to be three and a half weeks before we know if it's stage four or if it's stage three and I was like I, I can't handle another three and a half weeks and they're like well you have to and I was going this is un unacceptable you know I was always very open with them because I wanted them to improve it wasn't just about the scan time it was I'm not going to go into details um so if you can't do that I want you to get into property because it may well be you encounter a difficulty like this and you cannot just say, oh, the system will sort me out. They may well do it. I've also had amazing NHS people, so I'm not knocking the NHS. It was only one particular department. So I want you life-saving yourself today, okay? So if you're not already in property, I want you getting into property. I want you to take this as a, you know, we can talk about all the sexy stuff. I do have an apartment in Barcelona. I have paid for it cash. I do live beside the Mediterranean. I do all the traveling. I am a multimillionaire, yada, yada, yada. But when the shit gets real, can you support yourself or your family? And can you pay for all the medical care that you need if, if you unfortunately hit a roadblock? So a little bit more serious. And I know, Adam, you're probably going to need to cuddle that onesie now on my serious situation. But let's get let's go and enjoy ourselves now. Um, and without property, I probably wouldn't be alive. So when the nurse said, uh, if it gets to stage four, we stop treating you. And that was two weeks after initial diagnosis when we didn't know if it's stage four or not. I thought, no blinking way. Absolutely S-O-D-O-F-F. I was always very polite to them, not internally, just externally. Um, so I sold six houses immediately, had a major war chest to pay for anything I needed at any point, and then the adventure began. So how do you get to that point that you can just have a major, major war chest if something difficult happens? Or let's get more sexy. How do you get to the point that you live beside the sea in Barcelona and enjoy yourself? Because, of course, that's where my recuperating was. So I don't want to be super heavy. Now, the last final thing is one in two people get cancer and one in two people of those die. Uh, and I do not want that to happen to you. And I do want that 50% of people in this room that will get cancer to catch it at stage one. OK, when it's like, oh, this is a pain, but not a big deal pain. All right. So. I'll stop being heavy now and let's get on with actually dealing with it. But I just want to show you that money is so important when the big stuff hits. So that was the lemons. Shall we go into the lemonade now? <laughs> Much more fun. So can you do that right now? Because when I started, as you were saying, Tom, I wanted my family to have security. And the irony was what? I ended up giving myself security. I wanted my family not to have the same financial worries. And the irony was, I was like, oh, I'll just sell six houses, make sure I've got a massive financial war chest. Mm -hmm. And then when anybody says to me, we stop treating you, I just go, uh, no, <laughs> I'm going to continue to pay. Or they say it takes four weeks for us to get a scan. I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> with kindness, that doesn't fit for me because that's just unacceptable for anybody. I wanted to leave a legacy and I wanted to earn income passively. Well, I earned six figures every single year in the last three years whilst chilling out on my sofa, doing yoga, hugging my friends and family, eating organic food, going for walks and occasionally getting a little bit scared or having operations. So 
weirdly, what I wanted came true, but it came true in my life as well as my family's life. So if you any of these are worrying you, then property can solve this problem. And we're gonna talk about how to get into that through deal packaging. If you're already in property, some of these tips are still gonna be super useful. So this is for any of you guys, beginners, looking to get started, experienced or without a pot. And uh, I hope you're cuddling your teddy bears, Adam, within your onesie. Now we're gonna go into the more fun stuff. So everything in property is a system, isn't it? If you're a beginner, you'd be nervous about building confidence for investors. You might be worried about being ripped off. You might be worried about where do I find the deals? And you might be thinking, where do I find the investors? We were talking about that in the discussion earlier. So I'm gonna show you briefly today the kind of overarching overview of how you're gonna build a deal passion business, how you're gonna get paid fast, how you're gonna get a six figure income. And if you guys want to screen grab that, that's the link to my website that gives you all my free stuff. I've got eight checklists and I've also got a super 102 page property pack, which has got a book reading list at the back of it. So you're very welcome to screen grab that to get yourself um, more information. For anyone listening on the podcast, we'll obviously put details of uh, or how to get hold of uh, Susanna as well. So you're not missing out. Thank you so much. So remember that everything in property is a process. Uh, and the systems absolutely work. It isn't going to be overnight. You're not going to be able to go from zero to 100 within two months, but you can get there quite quickly and deal packaging can pay you really quickly. So we want to get, we want to move you forward from a position of, it's, I'm not saying you're in an insecure position, but um, you know, with my particular difficulty from three years ago, oh, by the way, I should say it's all gone. <laughs> I'm perfectly fine. <laughs> before you sat there going oh my god dead woman walking no I'm absolutely fine I just had a bump or two or three um but 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 my heart would break when I'd be in like a cancer support group and somebody's saying I can't pay 300 pounds for a test and I'm thinking but darling like this is your life you know so we want you to have money coming in for your own benefit as well as your family's benefit Systems, investors, deals, success. This is for you guys if you're a beginner, if you want to get into property, if you want more cash flow. But, and we were talking earlier in the, in, in the chat, weren't we, about creating a business plan. You've definitely got the ability to create that property portfolio and we want to figure out where you want to get to and how you're going to get there. You don't need previous experience. You don't need big overheads. And you guys know my background, 45 million pounds property for 30 million quid, 200 discounted deals in less than five years. We had on average 50 investors a year. We charged them 50, a thousand pounds each. So we had money to start at the beginning. But more importantly, we had committed investors and I brought in 16 grand within 12 weeks, which is rather nice. There you go. Some of the folks that have worked with me. How lovely. Lots of lovely successes. So the first question is why would somebody work with you as an investor if if um you're finding discounted deals well if you're not used to people who have got lots of money it might feel like in your circle not people not many people have money but actually one in ten people have got money and if you follow them up in a process they will want to work with you either or half of them will want to work with you either as a deal package or maybe they'll joint venture with you or they'll lend you money so that you can get started in property. And of course, they're going to benefit too. They're going to get either interest or joint venture split or they're going to get um, a discounted deal from you if you decide to deal package as well. OK, 
Okay. And did you guys see um, that the, I can't remember when it's actually going to be implemented. I don't know if you guys know. Did you see that the qualification for a high net worth individual has just gone up from, what is it now? Um, it was 100 grand income and 250 in equity, not in your own home mortgage pension, uh, not mortgage, pension. And now it's just either gone up or about to go up to 170 grand income. And I think it's 430,000 pound asset value. That's the first change in that in years. And it's either just gone up or just about to, maybe somebody knows the exact date of when it takes place. So that means that if you're going to borrow money from somebody uh, or set, give them deals, my understanding, always get it checked out by a lawyer, is that they don't need to be a high net worth. But if you're going to offer them a variable opportunity, which is a joint venture, they have to be high net worth or sophisticated investor. So suddenly the, uh, in, it, the pool of investors who could joint venture with you, even if you've got them already, you need to reassess them for that. And you just need to make sure that they're compliant. You can't offer a variable opportunity to somebody without them being compliant. I never took the, I'm gonna um, assess them as a, a sophisticated investor because I didn't feel I could stand up in court and say, yes, I fully understand the legislation. I always assess them on their net worth because that was black and white. You, you can't go wrong on that as long as you do a correct assessment. Um, so just be mindful that literally has just has just or is about to change. Does anyone know the date? Um, I think it's I think it's at the end of next month, but I'm not entirely sure. Anyway, so yeah, just be mindful of that, folks. Right, let me come back in. So if you're going to joint venture, yeah, just be mindful. High net worth individual. So if you did a deal a week, and uh, the we get you to charge five percent. Why? Because I don't want you charging two or three grand, running around like can't really fund your business, aren't really getting any cash left at the end, then you'd be earning a 10 grand fee. I want you charging 5% of purchase price. And if you did my run rate, which is 48 to 50 deals, 53 deals a year, this is the beautiful amount of money you'd be billing out in your first year. Or if you were finding deals at purchase price of 300 grand, I want you charging a 5% fee. Then if you did the same run rate as me on average 50 grand, 50 a year, between 48 and 53 is what we did. Look at the gorgeous amount of money you'd be charging out. 60 the grand monthly. Oh. Gorgeous amount of money for those listening is, well, <laughs> comes up to month 12 is 720,000, if I'm reading that right sideways. Mm -hmm. Good amount of cash. Yes. If you did four deals in month one at 15 grand each, you'd be billing out 60 grand. So basically it's 60 grand a month if you, th if you were roughly doing 50 deals a year, which was my run rate. I mean, that's just incredible, isn't it? And that should give you all the all the villas in Spain you want or all the beautiful cars or time just to spend with your loved ones. So for me, ironically, because I've been saying to other people and experiencing myself for years that property is life changing. And I also in a really positive way, it gave me time to spend with my family. Like in two weeks time, I'm going to Barcelona where I live as well. My son lives around the corner. We're going skiing, you know, um, and I have gorgeous life. I'm really love my life but it also when the life gave me lemons it really allowed me within my ability to make lemonade properly um so i found property life-changing and actually life-saving so nine key transformations how you're going to launch a deal packaging business limited company compliance there are four bits of compliance legal agreements 
finance team. I work on a Wednesday morning at 11 o'clock. You'll find me always on a Zoom with Rachel, my bookkeeper, and we use zero, X-E-R-O dot com. By the way, all photos are photos of properties I've done. Every single photo I ever produce is a property I've done. Legal team, if you're going to be a deal packager, you want three sets of legals, not one. Why? A, you're going to go fast. B, you're going to burn your legal team out. And C, not all of them are going to be great. And, and I think that's why this allowed me to deal. I mean, I was very distressed at, at the incompetence of that one medical team. The others were amazing. But also because I dealt with professionals like lawyers before, and I'd seen some lawyers are amazing and some lawyers are not. <laughs> Anybody in property knows that. Whilst I was emotionally very distressed at seeing a medical team not, it wasn't my first rodeo of the kind of, you know, doctors, lawyers, accountant, they're up there on a pedestal and then realizing then some of them aren't competent. So I do think that having had multiple experiences working with legal teams and hiring and firing occasionally when they don't deliver did allow me a faster decision-making process, which eventually saved my life. So it was quite useful. How are you going to build confidence from your investor on your first deal? And people worry, are they going to find me credible? Well, I want you doing a 10-page deal report. I mean, that 5% as opposed to, you know, 15 grand for a deal as opposed to two or three grand, you're not going to get it without a bit of work. But what is beautiful is it's a systematized piece of work. It's rinse and repeat, folks. So your deal report is the same layout for every single property, 10 pages, beautiful piece of analysis, 45 pieces of research. And I've got one of the checklists that I, I showed you guys to, to get from my free section of my website, thegoodpropertycompany.co.uk. That is where you'll download the checklist. Because if you've got the deal, you've got the cookie. There are so many more people that want the deals than have the time, ability and skills to put their time to go find the deals themselves and you just need to beat the competition and the reason why we were so successful is we built all the relationships in advance of the people deciding to buy the actual deal from us so we separated out do you want to buy a deal from us are you going to take your time to assess us and us assess you and figure out if we want to work together and you figure out if you trust us and then all you're leaving the investor left to do is think do I buy this deal from them or that deal? Because they've already figured out, do I trust them? So if I take yourself, Sandra, um, Sandra is like, Susanna, uh, do you want to buy this deal? And I mean, this was, I mean, I like your wallpaper and I love the, the duck egg blue of your chair, but that's all I know about you right this second because all that's coming up right now is your name, Sandra. So I'm like, who is this woman? I've got no idea whether she's trustworthy or absolutely not. But if, Sandra, you had um, taken the time to induct me into your group first and five to nine touch points, we're going to talk about that to the point. And then you'd said, Suze, you also have to pay me to be part of uh, my group. And I'm like, what? Are you sure? And you'd give me, uh, you know, nicely designed brochures. You'd shown me your legal contracts. Um, you, 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 you'd had me come to two or three of your investor days. I'd seen previous case studies. I'd seen 10 page deal reports. At that point, I'm not deciding, do I work with Sandra because I like her duck egg blue chair and a beautiful stripy wallpaper? I'm deciding to work with Sandra because she's really shown me evidence that she can deliver what I'm looking to find, which is a discounted deal. 
So yes, I say, Sandra, I'll pay you to be part of your group. And then when Sandra releases a deal, and we used to release the deal at four o'clock with a text, because we were still furiously writing the deal reports, then I'm like, I've figured her out already. I'm totally within the circle of trust with her. You know, we've spent plenty of time together. Sandra, I want to buy this deal. <laughs> Let me pay you my thousand pound reservation. And that, folks, is exactly what happened. So if anybody's interested in Daniel Priestley, he talks about uh, building up demand. Now, I, don't, I didn't do it cynically. I did it because it felt to me like a, an efficient system. So you don't say, I've produced the deal, now where's my customer? You build up the customer and the customer relationship. Because why would I, I mean this with gorgeousness, Sandra, why would I buy a deal from Sandra when I've got no idea who she is, what she does, anything? I got no trust there at all. Whereas once I trust her and I've figured out, do you know what, you're gonna make my life so beautifully easy. All I'm gonna do now is buy four deals from you this year. You know, my life has just gone from confusion to simplicity. Then all I'm interested in is Sandra getting those deals as fast as you can and me buying them as fast as I can. You know, it, it, it goes from confusion where people stop to simplicity. And at that point, I'm spending 300 grand on a house on the basis of an initial text and then a 10 page report that comes afterwards. And I will be transferring my money to Sandra literally 30 to 60 seconds after the text comes out because I've done masses of due diligence on it. And that's how you get paid within weeks because you want four investors at any one point trying to buy every single one of your deals. Not because you're trying to get them to compete with each other, you're charging the same price. Doesn't matter to you who buys it, it's the same price. But once you've built enough relationships that four people are trying to buy every single deal, it means you can really comfortably go out and find deals without worrying, oh, who am I going to sell them to? You know, it's just a comfortable process of find deal, write report, release it, take a reservation fee, continue the convincing, find deal, write report, release it, take deal, et cetera, et cetera. So you want to be running investor days. Now, I probably don't have time today because I want to do Q&A with you guys to talk about the 10 rules. But I do do a webinar, which I'll give you the QR code for to register for on one on Sunday and one on Monday. But the, these are quite important 10 rules to, to build that relationship. And can I just say it's not just cynical. You're not just like, oh, give me your money. You're genuinely figuring out, do I want to work with them? You didn't leave a day job to go and work with somebody that you don't want to work with. So it's as important for your business as it is for their business, that the fit is right. How do I know Nathan? We've, you know, I 100% trust Nathan. I've known him for years. I know, I know about your family. I know, I know about your travel. I know about his properties. You know, we know each other. So it's about understanding um, the full picture um, and, and, and also realizing that you don't need that many investors. If you think I'm going to do 20 deals this year, you need 20 investors. That's not that difficult if you like to generate, but you're going to charge them some money. And the reason you charge them money is not just to get the money in advance, you know, so you've got some cash flow. It's to make, so again, Sandra, your beautiful blue chair, you're going to charge me money and I'm going to go, what? What do you mean? You're going to charge me money. And that will stop me in my tracks and that'll make me look at you like one of those airport scanners, you know, is there any bomb here? Is she a con merchant or is she real?
because when I have to open that wallet, I'm going to do all my due diligence in Sandra. I'm taking the process seriously. So I'm no longer taking the process seriously at the point that Sandra's releasing a house. I have to assess my willingness to work with Sandra at the point that she charges me a membership. Now, some people say no, great. And some people will say yes, great. Now you've got your committed people. So when she releases a deal, I only think, okay, do I buy this house or the next house? Because her, her, sorry about this, <laughs> the queen bee, her making me open my wallet and sign some documentation and sign a contract in advance means I no longer have confusion about the relationship because I've had to assess that in advance of the deal coming out. Because if you make your clients confused, they don't do anything. So just a couple of examples for you. Uh, bought 159, 215 in value at the time. Uh, this was this couple's first HMO. They're now full-time in property. When they bought this from me, they were full-time in day jobs. Uh, Cowper Street was one of my favorites. My favorites are not normally the houses. My favorites are normally the investors. Uh, bought 170. Uh, the investor flipped it there and then for 250, which is quite nice with a 24 grand refurb. We got paid eight and a half thousand. And then James Close, very, very ugly house, uh, I'm going to tell you. Bought 96, N value at the time, 135. I got paid 4,800. So only three deals, £21,250. So going back to that life and lemons, that'll pay for scanners. You know, a brain scan, by the way, guys, is like two grand if you're going to the Marsden. That's one scan. You know, uh, in October, I had a 12 grand scan week. Yeah. You need this kind of money for also for Barcelona and, and beaches and holidays and lovely cars and families and retirement. But you also need it if the lemons kick in. Right. How are you going to find investors? Where are you going to meet them? Well, Tom is asking you guys to connect with each other. You're going to meet them on social media. You're going to meet them at property events like today. So connect with each other. Grab each other's phone numbers. After today, call each other up and say, how did you find it? What resonated for you? What, what didn't resonate for you? What are you doing in property? You're going to run investor days. Don't pinch investors from other people's investor days. We always had one or two people that tried to pinch investors in the room. Oh, my God, did I blacklist those people as fast as possible. Get out. I did all the marketing for it. Scram. You know, you're going to meet them at online property events like this. And a third of my investors came from third parties. So the key tip there is um, be thoughtful and helpful to other people. If there's any way you guys can help someone else. So Nathan is a fount of knowledge. I pick on Nathan because I know you really well. Um, so if Nathan, let's say, if Nathan helps you, Howard, and helps you, Carol, okay, but actually, Alex, you're the person with the money, it may well be that later on you're having a chat with Howard. Yeah, well done, money man. Or you're having a chat with Carol and they say, do you know what? It sounds to me like you might you might want to go and have a chat with Nathan. He was really helpful to me. A third of my investors came from third party recommendations. So I know it's a cliche and it's an awful cliche, but your network is your net worth. And I'm sorry about the cliche, but it is true. Why? Because I measured where everybody came from. Now, why did I measure everything? Because I had to, I had to deliver fast. Why? Because I had a family. So my priority was not running a property business. My priority was my family. So I had to be as efficient as possible for my family. Okay. So don't go deep, add them to the CRM and then follow up. And you and ask some three key screening questions. What's your objective? What's your time frame? And how much is your cot? So uh, 
uh, Gilda, if I, if you don't mind, not picking you, but if I could ask you, Gilda, where do you want to get to in property? Uh, what are you looking to do in property? Right. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, I would like to put my own portfolio. Um, right. And within the this year, I would like to make sure I've purchased uh, four houses with ten into homes uh, for professionals and students, uh, postgrad students. I'd like property to give me that financial freedom. Can no. you hear me? Sorry. Yes, can hear you fine. So if I stop you there. That financial be... freedom to choose when and where I have my holidays. Yes. So Gilda's given us a perfect response for us looking for an investor. To be honest, Gilda, you really have. So she said, I want financial freedom and choose where I can have my holidays. So she's saying time, money and travel freedom. She's saying, I want HMOs, so we know what product she's looking for. She's saying, I want four. So you're like, well, great, Gilda, I can do all four for you. And she's also beautifully giving us a time frame. Now, if Gilda hadn't given us that rather concise clarity, we would dig in with multiple second, third and fourth questions to find out how many properties, what do you want the properties to do for you? When do you want to do this by? OK, so what's your objective? She's beautifully answered it. Well, that's because you've been thinking about this for a while, isn't it, Gilda? Uh, uh, and then when does she want to do it by uh, time frame? This year, four of them. And then my third question, and Gilda, you can either make this up or tell the truth, I don't mind. So, so I would dig in further. I don't just go, Gilda, what's your objective? What's your time frame? How much you pot? Right, bog off now, I'm next. You know, I would dig in. So objective, she's answered. Time frame, she's answered. And Gilda, you can make this up or tell the truth, I don't mind. And, I, and then I would recap and say, so Gilda, you want to do four properties in order for financial freedom, travel and choosing where you where and when you go. And you want to do it this year. What's the pot you've got to do that with? And then I shut up and I listen. Well, start, okay. OK, starting port um, got 100K, which I intend to 100K, 100 yeah. And then about 60% of your investors within two and a half minutes of that conversation will tell you that. And at that point, if I'm in a prop in a property event, I'll turn around to Gilda and I'll say, I think we should have a conversation. <laughs> and everybody it should be having a conversation. And then what I would do, and I'm rather than do the full presentation, I'm going to go into detail because you guys can join my webinar for more in depth. Then what I do is I'd write down something to remember Gilda with. Now, Gilda, we already know each other, but I would go, she was wearing a, like, a, is it a pale blue cardigan and a white top? She would headphones on. I would write down her objective straight away, literally scribble it in front of her if I was a property beat. And I'd say, Gilda, it's because we're going to meet quite a few people tonight. I just want to make sure you're memorable to me because it's true. And then I'd either say, shall we book a call in the diary or if, if Gilda's a bit reticent, I'll say, do you mind if I give you a call after today's event? Okay. Um, and then I move on and I go, Kathy, what's your time? And then I would say to Gilda, it's been gorgeous to meet you. I absolutely want us to connect. So I'm going to give you a call if that's okay. But I know we're both here to meet each other and meet lots of people. So good luck with meeting anybody. If you need anything, I'll fire them your way, you know, in that conversation and then i'll be like and have a gorgeous time tonight hopefully connect with you before we go so within two and a half minutes and remember guys i raised millions 
I have gone in, objective time frame pot, written down for memory, told myself to phone her, and then said, lovely to meet you. Kathy, what are you doing in property? What's your objective? What's your time frame? What's your pot? So you go early, you stay late, and then you do phone Gilda later on. And you say, Gilda, remember I wrote down your details? And you were wearing this lovely, I, I, it's either white or a pale blue cardigan and a white top, and you were wearing headphones. And you said four properties, blah, blah, blah. And then you follow up five to nine touch points, okay? So the thing is, don't go deep, um, go light, capture data, understand what they're looking for and understand a, 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 and do the follow-up after the event. And the big mistake people make is uh, they would then, once they found a Gilda with a hundred grand, they're going to monopolize Gilda for the next half hour. Well, what a blooming waste because Adam in his onesie has got more money and then you could work with Gilda and Adam. So the big mistake is people then think they need to go deep in a property event. You don't, you take it outside of the property event or you take it outside of the meeting on Facebook. Tom, I'll be guided when you want me to stop and start and we'll go for it as long as stop and start in order to allow for questions as well. Sure. Well, look, the meeting finishes in about a minute, um, but I suggest what we do is, uh, is scratch <laughs> that. Um, obviously, if people need to go, then they can. Uh, up to you. But if you wind up in the next couple, then we, you know, in the next couple of minutes maybe, and then we, uh, then that'll give us maybe 10 minutes for 10, whatever okay. people want to stick around for, for Q&A, uh, would, would work well, I think. Okay. And if people need to leave, then that's fine, obviously. And so using Gilda as my example, uh, if I liked Gilda and she liked me, uh, so it's not like, oh, I have to work with Gilda because she's got 100 grand. It's do we work together? Is this a good fit? Is this a square peg round hole? Or actually, you know, could this be a really fun relationship? I'm going to have five to nine touch points with Gilda, which means uh, meetings, which means coffees, Zoom calls. All, I mean, you guys have got it so easy on digital. Honestly, didn't Zoom didn't exist when I was raising money. Honestly, you've got it so beautifully easy now. So five to nine touch points. And that's a committed investment. Here are your conversion numbers. And this might be, I'll get to the QR code, but this might be where we wind up so that we've got good Q&A. Um, so one in 10 people you meet have, uh, have money. So calculate how many people are on this event right now. Divide it by 10. That's the number of people on average who's got money, whether they tell you or not. One in two of those people will say yes to you if you build it to five to nine touch points where you're now trusting them, they're now trusting you. So what that means is one in 20 people you meet, if you take their contact details, because not everybody has cards these days, will be your investor. But the critical one in the middle is five to nine touch points, okay? And you may want to, uh, uh, Howard, forgive me, let's assume Howard's got no money. Sorry, Howard. You may still want to have enjoyable conversations with Howard um, because, you, you could be peer buddies, you could support each other, move each other on, swap information. And Howard doesn't have any money, but then Howard is wonderful and then recommends me back to Gilda. Do you see what I mean? So you don't need to go, oh, sorry, Howard, uh, I'm just going to, you know, Howard's got no money at all, right? Howard in the blue jacket. Um, you don't need to write Howard off. You can still build your network, but but you know that it's for a different reason. Howard, could we could we kick each other's butts? Could every single week on a Friday, we have a 20 minute meet and you tell me what I haven't done this week and I tell you what you haven't done this week and then we go talk to each other next week. So there's lots of lovely relationships within property that don't need to be related to money, but could end up giving you money because Howard then says, Gilda, you should definitely talk to Suze. She's got her you know, stuff together. 
So what I want to do now probably is um, briefly talk about deals, just giving you the numbers. And then I want to give you some QR codes uh, so that you guys can get registered on my webinars. I think that's my, while we do the, while we do the Q and A, if that's all right with you, Tom. So deals, four routes. You've got uh, um, a director vendor, director house. I used to do them, but I used to spend four, to, uh, five grand a month. So it's four, um, no, sorry, four grand a month, 48 grand a year. So almost 50 grand a year. Don't bother doing that, in my opinion. Also, it's quite messy. People are complicated. Uh, it's distressing. Um, estate agents and auctions. Estate agents are free, aren't they? One in 10 people, uh, sorry, you need to make 100 phone calls, 25 viewings, 21 offers for an, to get one deal. Now, if you're going to earn 15 grand for that deal, will you be comfortable making 100 phone calls, 25 viewings and 21 offers for 15 grand? Knowing that one in 20 people you meet will become your investor. So do you see how simple it is in some, so many ways? And auctions, you will buy on average one in four properties that you go for. And I know this because I've bought loads of properties. We did 217 deals. We measured everything. But I want you to know that you can buy them pre, during, and post. Everyone goes in pre, uh, during. And we had a terrible situation once in my mentoring group, which I don't run at the moment. I only do my online academies. Um, and it wasn't terrible, but it was, it was one of my mentees, nameless, had listened to me and gone and bought a property pre-auction. And then another of my mentees, nameless, had not listened to me and went to the auction to buy the same property. And then, and then, unfortunately, they were sat beside each other because they're good friends, but they hadn't discussed that particular property. And the second mentee went to bid at it and they went, lot, whatever, 20, sold prior. And she was a lady. She went, no. And then the first person who was a man went, yeah, it's mine. And she was so upset. But she was pleased for him and devastated for herself because she hadn't quite listened to my, you buy pre, during and post. And people don't know about the pre. So shall we move to Q&A? And I'll give you QR codes where we can do the full deal packaging talk, which obviously takes much longer. And then we can do as much Q&A as you guys have time for. I would love to help and support in any which way. But I've given you deal packaging to make money fast. A bit of a wow. Saturday morning. Life sometimes can give you a bit of a punch and take your knees from underneath you. So get yourself safe. And also how to find investors and how to find deals. And remember about buying pre-auction. So is that good for you if we'd move to Q&A? And what I'll do is I'll open up the QR codes um, so that you guys can log on to the webinars uh, to get even uh, more in-depth information, if that's if that's good for you guys. Sounds excellent. Um, we will, of course, share uh, links and things for oh, those listening you. for... Um, uh, for anyone on the on the podcast. Um, meanwhile, uh, yeah, thanks very much, um, Susanna. Uh, um, obviously, yeah, uh, personal stuff. So appreciate you sharing <laughs> some of that. Um, Felt a bit wobbly, I have to say. Yeah, I bet you did. Um, imagine that wasn't the easiest thing in the world. Um, but I think it's 
as I imagine you sort of judged as well, is uh, it's it's useful. Like you say, you know, it's one in two, right? This isn't like one in 10,000. Uh, it is a lot of folks and everyone will know someone who's had cancer or, or whatever, struggle with whatever it is health-wise. And um, uh, and yeah, your point's particularly valid. I like to think about liked. Um, I, I like the language around this is funny, isn't it? I like to think about a £12,000 scan week. I quickly checked yeah. my goal, a goal list for the year. It's not on it. Um, yeah. And, <laughs> you know, that but, was all that was October three months ago. Yeah, but, uh, but you're gonna, good thing you had the twelve grand, right? And not everybody does. Yeah. And that, that kind of the point you're making. Yeah, I, I don't mean this in a plonky way. I didn't even think about it. I just went yeah. absolutely. By the way, Rachel, there's twelve grand coming in because I need this, 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 and this mm. because they found something and they operated. And we, we, you know, blah blah blah. You know, yeah. yeah. It, it's never even touched my brain as a problem. Yeah, because Which I is, did. You got enough problems, haven't you? So it's good. Uh, yes. It's good to be able to focus on that, which matters, which I think is your overarching point. Um, yes, uh, another thing I took personally, just to touch on a couple of bits, was um, the, the messages aren't one for one with investors. You know, they're busy. They don't care about this stuff as much as you do. They should do, and, and they will do after a bit of uh, a bit of nudging. But you need to you need to give them the nudge. So the whole idea about at least five to one, five contacts, um, and, and, and you talked then about nine touch points, five to nine sort of being a, a good number. And I think that's something I, I need to get better at uh, on the marketing side. So um, so yeah, so so all great stuff. Oh, and if anyone else needs, at one point you spelt the word sod off uh, for anyone wondering we're, we're, we're allowed to say sod off on the podcast i mean there's some stuff that's you know better off not said but i think sod off we'll, we'll be fine we'll go get, get away with that um rather than me witter and i think my guess is there's people here with with questions we've had oh uh, uh adam collies the researcher of the day he's found out that he thinks the stuff you were talking about with high net worth uh, after a brief googleage um has come up on the 13th of november 23 if that's the case ah, then then it's go. It was already out at the time of um, yeah. time of release. Um, and Yogesh says, I think he might have said this in the previous podcast, but it's, it's worth bears repeating that he still remember still remembers you going around the um, collecting a business card from every person at a previous Croydon property meeting, um, and that's, that's stuck with him. So uh, so fair play. Uh, um, and, and so you saw you literally saw in action. So you saw the process happening. Yeah. So in fact, now guys, I've put the uh, I've got the screen. We'll, um, I've put the links, the QR codes for the flipping webinar and the and the property webinar in the chat and also on the screen. So grab that, get yourself registered, um, or download the links. But yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I absolutely cleaned up, and I don't mean this in a competitive way. I cleaned up because I knew my process was to collect everyone's data on the night and then follow up for the next five days. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. you saw it happening. You saw the money being raised. Yes. I like I like I like the idea of a flipping webinar. This flipping webinar, um, <laughs> but it's not. It's it's a webinar about flipping. For anyone who's yes. there, it's not annoying or whatever. Anyway, so uh, uh, Yogesh asks. Okay, goes off with a written one, and then uh, and then we'll get people jumping in. Um, he asks, uh, are there any tips on checking market value of a property? I find this difficult to get right in an area I don't know, as even the next road can have a different value. Okay. Let's come into, if you need to get those QR codes, you can uh, ask me for them again, or they're in the chat. Um, yes, on uh, checking the value of the property, 45 pieces of research. So how I break it down is 20 solds, 20 on the market, and five estate agent opinions. But let's go a little bit deeper than that. Five estate agent opinions is quite easy. You phone them up and you say, I'm going to use you, Shem. Um, hey, Shem, uh, I know you work for da, 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 and son. Thank you very much. Um, I'm looking at buying, you know, number one high street. Uh, it's uh, a three bed. Da, 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 da. What do you think it's worth done up? Uh, white walls, beige carpet, nothing fancy. Okay. Uh, and then you'll phone Jack and then you'll phone Hannah and then you phone Gina uh, and you'll 
you'll ask five estate agent opinions, you put it in your deal report for your investor with, if you if I can use you again, Shem, with Shem's name, the, the branch that Shem works for, so the, the branding, if you like, of the estate agents and Shem's uh, office phone number. And Shem will say, oh, I think it's worth between 220 and 235. Then you put that in. So if your investor then wants to phone up, they can phone up Shem and say, hey, you were speaking to Susanna and you thought this one was worth this. Why? Fine. Yeah. So that's the estate agents. That's quite easy. The second one is uh, on the market at the moment. Well, again, that's quite easy, but you've got to do a bit of judgment. So is the market very toppy, which it isn't at the moment, but it was a couple of years ago. Well, if it's on the market, are, are they going to have to discount it or not? So if it's toppy, then you might say, well, I know the average is saying 250, but I honestly think it's 235. You know, realistically speaking, they're dropping kind of 7, 8% off the price. So I know that my 20, 20 on the markets or sold subject to contracts show me a bit more, but I'm now going to make a human judgment and shrink it down or not, depending on what the market is like right now. And then what already sold? Well, that's easy. That's, that's, um, Zoopla um, and, and right moves and stuff showed you that these days. Um, but if the market is flat, you can go back two years. If the market is dynamic and changing really rapidly, you can maybe only go to go back three months. So you need to understand what time frame you're going to pick, which is dependent upon market conditions, which is sensible. So then my final thing is what happens if you haven't got enough data? Well, you increase the number of state agent phone calls and you decrease the number of um, desk-based data because you cannot afford to lose your reputation as a deal packager. Or if you're buying yourself, you cannot afford to make a mistake on assessing the value of a property. Because we entrepreneurs were probably hopeful, uh, like with the cancer. Uh, I knew my statistics oh my mom was so cute so I had a on the first cancer I had a 60% chance of living a 40% chance of death you wouldn't take those stats would you if if you were given them you'd be like nah but unfortunately I couldn't not take those stats right so um but I didn't ever think I would die but but I just thought it was like a path I'm walking here and the path the the, the tree that's a path is ahead of me so I'm not even going to think about it. I'm not get, you know, entrepreneurs, we're, we're, we're kind of positive. <laughs> I mean, I, I never, ever, I just thought I respect cancer too much to actually be choosing what's going to happen to me, but I'm never going to think the negative just in case. Yeah, I'm a couple of sleepless nights, of course. But um, so don't overvalue uh, the property. Always undervalue, not overvalue if you need. I'll put the QR codes in the chat again for you guys for... Um, for the webinars if that's okay with you tom flipping webinar um yeah sounds good uh go for that um yogesh says um don't agents always overestimate the price and a question i had related to that was um uh, if you're asking five agents all the time they're going to work out what you're doing with aren't they which is asking them all the time for prices does is that okay because you're putting business through them so they'll take your calls so uh, there's three answers here. Uh, some agents do, some agents don't. I won't name the brand, the branch and the brand. There is one brand of estate agency that is incredibly known for inflating prices. So would I phone them? Nah, they're just BSs, right? But if I want value, I'm not going to phone them because I know I know what they do. There are other estate agents who are tried and trusted, true family, been in business for 40 years. They're running a professional job. 
So the thing is, when you are phoning so many estate agents, you really quickly get to know who's good and who's not good. Okay. So that's number one. So yes, some do inflate, some do not inflate. It just depends. Secondly, you don't phone the same five all the time. We had 288 estate agent offices on our books in Bristol uh, with a population of 480 or 450,000. Shouldn't be that many agents, should they? That's a ridiculous number of agents. But anyway, there you go. That's what there was. That's not even people. That's That was offices. That's crazy, isn't it? I know. Anyway. It's, good. it's good, wasn't it? Yeah. So we phoned different ones depending on where the house location was. And then the third one was you never just go take, take, take. Never. You're like, okay, who would be my agent this time? Julie. Um, so, uh, oh, and Julie, if if we've sent you lots of emails by mistake, I'm so sorry. We've got a little technical glitch. So do excuse me if that's happened because I know you've registered for the webinar and I'm mortified that loads of emails are going out, but we'll figure it out. Um, so Julie's, uh, Julie's um, the estate agent and I'm like, hey, Julie, just a real quick one because I know you know your area super well. Looking at buying number one high street, it's three bed, da 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 da, da white walls, beige carpet. What do you think it's done up? Julie's like, mm. now, uh, I know Julie cares because I've already talked to Julie. I know she's really into property. She's the kind of person that would be at her desk at half seven or eight o'clock in the morning, depending on kids, still at her desk at seven o'clock at night because she adores property, right? Uh, and then, so I'm not I'm not phoning the, oh, I don't know, computer says no, people. I'm phoning the passionate ones, okay? And then what I'm doing, <laughs> excuse me, is I'm going, right, lovely, Julie, that's so kind of you. Right, what have you got in your books, Julie? If you've got anything coming in, anything with margin, you know, maybe a distressed sale or they need to sell it quickly or something you haven't shifted for a while, is there anything that maybe I could come out and see because I only want to come and see properties that I can buy because I don't want to waste your time? So every time you're doing an evaluation call with Julie, you're just doing 30 seconds, 60 seconds and that. And then, then you're like, Julie, can we do business, please? So it's a two for one job. Remember, working mum, didn't have the time, needed to be efficient. So do you. Yeah. Next question. Next question is uh, from Adam. Um, and probably make this the last question, I think, just because otherwise it's going to be the afternoon, um, which is uh, which is great. We appreciate you giving up your time. So Adam says, you mentioned doing a flip project to generate some funds. I was under the impression that selling properties by flip projects in the same company as, you, as your rental properties makes it difficult uh, to get finance. How did you approach this? Uh, what we did was we did, oh, in fact, we did a couple of different things. So we ran a deal packaging company as a limited company, which was separate to my investment company. Now, I only have about a million pounds of property in my limited company because almost everything is in my personal name, which is for another day's discussion, section 24. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So if you're starting now. Thanks, you're George. Happy. Yeah. Cheers, George. <laughs> thought you were a Tory. Yes. Um, and so we we start we we if we were flipping, we would do it in the deal packaging business initially. But the great majority have you guys got the webinar. Let me flip between the two. The great majority of deals that we did were joint ventures when we were flipping because I'm a keeper fundamentally. So, Yogesh, if I can use you this time, you're going to be my JV partner. If I buy property in my name and most of them are in my personal name. I'm going to keep them. The, I used to use joint ventures. So Yogesh and I are going to joint venture. Thank you. Uh, so, uh, was it Dr. Yogesh? Sorry, is that your second name? Forgive me. 
Hello, do- okay, Dr. Yogesh. Dr. Yogesh, we all call him Dr. Yogesh. Dr. Yogesh and I are going to joint venture. Um, if I'm going to flip, I'm going to use that as a cherry on top cash generator using none of my own money. So the wonderful Dr. Yogesh is going to fund it. And guess what? Does Dr. Yogesh want it in my name or his name? His name. Why am I going to buy it? Why am I putting it in my name if I'm going to flip joint venture it and, and not own it as an asset? So it goes in Dr. Yogesh's name. We have a restriction against it. We have a legal agreement. The uh, I don't see your deposit. I don't touch your money. You own the bricks and mortar. You are feeling pretty darn secure about the whole fair because quite frankly, it's your asset. And why should it be mine? I'm not funding it. That's mad. And why should it be a, a, an SPV? That's mad. Well, I just don't see the point. So then what happens? We have a legal contract that says, I won't start renovation until I've got a fixed price quote from the builder and you've transferred 100% of the money across to me. The reason I do 100% is I learned from a painful experience that just occasionally uh, investors, and I'm sure you wouldn't do this, Dr. Yogesh, don't like to pay the builder, right? So I never start a, a joint venture deal. And so the only money Dr. Yogesh could in theory lose to me is the renovation money which is in a separate client account anyway and covered with the contract and if i screw up he's at least got the asset so he's only now risking a small amount of money and then when we flip it and we sell it we invoice for services provided to dr yogesh and therefore you don't even need to get funding so if you've got bad credit that also works as well but the most important is less about the bad credit the most important is why would I own the property if, oh, sorry, did you want the other one, Alex? Why would I own the property if actually it's his money? He should own it. It's safer for him. So you get past it that way. Yes. And remember, if you're flipping, remember CIS, which is another matter altogether. And you need to do a monthly return. And most people don't teach you that. Uh, but a friend of mine got fined £38,000 for she didn't do CIS submissions on a monthly basis. Don't there do that. Go. What a what a what a gem what a gem and a nugget to finish with. Thanks. Uh, a massive thank you to Susanna Cole for speaking to us today and taking the time. Uh, speaking to us about some uh, fairly you know personal things. And um, thanks for everyone uh, who's attending today. And obviously thanks to all of you listening to the podcast. Uh, uh, see you all next time.